1: Log Talk Radio
0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Green Magic, Green Medicine with your host, the amazing herbalist Miss Susan Weed and she will be continuing her discussion this evening of the 13 sacred trees Join us in our
1: circle Forbidden Archaeology
2: Blessed
0: Green medicine. We had some technical difficulties with my computer, so my good friend Kevin Baird came here to uh, save the day, meaning at a distance, as he's not actually here, but at a distance. But
3: I think Susan's are- on the line.
0: And is Susan Hello. on the line now? Yes, I am. Welcome, Susan.
3: Thank you. Welcome, Green Blessings.
0: Yes, and Green Blessings to you. And let's uh very glad my friend Kevin who was actually the founder of Main Street Universe with me uh, about 5 years back I guess again uh he I, he called me and I ended up needing him <laughs> on the spot so <laughs> as my computer was having some issues that are resolved now but uh so very glad that he could help out but welcome Susan
3: <clears throat> indeed and I am thankful always for the people with the technical expertise To help us when we suddenly realize how dependent we are (laughs) on our machines.
0: Absolutely. We will serve them one day, I think, and maybe we already do.
3: (laughs) Well, I guess it has to do with you know how what you consider to be service. Many spiritual people feel that service is the best thing that, best way to spend your time as a human being. Could be. If you have to choose something to do, that service is probably your best choice. That's There's the nothing wrong with a little bit is.
0: of humility and a little bit of proper surrender, not improper surrender.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so long as we can be sure that we are proper, eh? Yeah. Well, we and have still, we uh, You can have
0: your own power and be humble. I think. I guess, was that my
3: point? I do think so, too. And we are coming to the end, the proper end, (laughs) of our um, fun time moving through the trees of the 13 moons. And the very, very last tree that we come to is Elder And we started talking about elder last week. I have the PDR of herbs in front of me. And I'm looking up elder and the first thing that I'm finding is that I'm not finding it under elder. So I'm going to go look under black elder. Now if I had a plant that had a white or a black or something before it, I would put it under the name of the plant and not under the color, but let's see what we have here, and if we have lots of blacks, black haw, black hellebore, black currant, black cohosh, well it should be after that, shouldn't it? Black haw, where on earth is elder? My Goodness! I the wanted to. Fairies. I yeah, I wanted to get like kind of the latest scientific research, you know, right on the elder because I know that there's been a lot of science that they've been doing with the elder. Let's see. Here we have another listing of plants: evening primrose, elm bark. Ella Campaign, Etchamasia Elder, Elder Berry, and hmm, looks like they're not actually talking about it. Page two, oh, Oh, yes, they are. Here we go 287. Sometimes it can be difficult to find where they are hiding things. All right.
0: Click on the cash Euro- register Euro- where I work. The it was notes, under sometimes
3: European elder. Yes. European, Sambucus nigra, which is also American elder Sambucus canadensis and uh, various other elders as well. Some people have said, well, you know, is this part of the elder poisonous or is that part of the elder poisonous? And it is true that in various books you will find various parts of the elder being poisonous. I told a story about one of my first plant spirit medicine healings with my friend Ray going outside and sitting under the elder tree and talking with Elder Moore and I specifically didn't specify what part of the plant Elder said for her to dig up because some of the parts are considered poisonous and the part that she suggested is considered poisonous and I don't want people going out there saying well Susan did it I can too we were very clear that this was a very special relationship with Elder but I think more generally what's going on is this idea that there is a very protective woman who lives in the elder who's going to protect the elder from people just going and ripping off leaves or bark or fruits or flowers or whatever and that you really have to seriously talk to this old woman, to this witch, to this wise woman, to Baba Yaga, to Elda Moore and to really get her to work with you and to really... Understand that if you don't that that's when we might call them the bad things happen All right the particular uses of European elder are the flowers, the leaves, the fruits, and occasionally the roots, and uh, the twigs. So this is a plant in which every single part of it has been used with a variety of results. In American herbalism, the flowers and the fruits are the parts that are used exclusively because these are the safest, the most nourishing, and have the fewest odd reports around them. It is the leaves, the twigs, and the roots which have the stories of odd things happening, poisonous type things happening, not people dying, we don't have reports of people dying, but but, uh, odd things that you wouldn't want to happen to yourself. Um, One of the things that uh, always amuses me about the elder is that it seems to be so easy to see. When you're driving by in a car and you say, oh, there's an elder bush, I'll have to walk back there and get some of those elder flowers for my elder flower champagne. And I have never walked back to where an elder is, not to find it with water around it. It's almost as though the elder is a castle with a moat around it, or there's a, a large ditch between where I am and where the elder is. And I would say half the time, in order to harvest elder, I have wound up in the drink, soaking wet, even if I didn't want to be. So we're going to be looking for elder in wet places, not in dry places, in um Edges of swamps in Florida, a great many elders grow, and really lovely specimens of elder as well. I mentioned last week that where I am the elder, um, frost kills back by about a third. We went out this past weekend because I did a a weekend workshop on uh, talking with trees, spending some time with trees, and also magical plants. And uh, at the very end, because the elder is the tree of the end, we went to say hi to the elder. And my poor little elder had more than one-third. I would say about two-thirds frost killed this past winter, which was an extremely severe winter. And there was one kind of stalk stem growing up from it, and then three kind of going off that, and two of those were dead. And so I'm hoping that, the, that with a little loving care, that the elder will survive. Um, but it's generally not the one I harvest from, the ones that I harvest from way down the road far too far to take the classes. Uh, it says um, that uh, this is indeed the same as black El- elder. And uh, it is also called Ellenwood. And I really like that. What an interesting name for it. <clears throat> They have found that um, there are a great many flavonoids in the elderberries as well as in the flowers. And flavonoids would include such things as rutin, isoquercetin, quercetin, uh, astragalin, nyctoflorin. And these flavonoids, you'll remember, are a class of very strong antioxidants. So we think about the things that we're told, oh, this is a superfruit that This has very high levels of antioxidants. Blueberries, for instance, very high levels. <clears throat> and one of the ways that the blueberries carry those high levels of antioxidants is through compounds, flavonoid compounds, called anthocyanins. And anthocyanins are dark in color. They're blue. They're purple. They're almost blackish. And we see those very same comment, comments, but a lot, lot more of them in elderberry. As a matter of fact, interestingly enough, although we now find elderberry wine to be quite, you know, elegant and amazing and, and recherché, oh my goodness, you know, elderberry wine. It used to be <coughs> that people would add elderberry wine to their grape wine to make their grape wine taste better and look darker. And so there were often laws against adding any elderberry to your grape wine. Although certainly it would have only made it taste better and give it given it a higher flavonoid content as well. And there are also um some fatty acids especially in the flowers. The flowers are quite interesting. They are not really um Delicate in the way that we might think of them as being delicate, although they look delicate. They look like little lacy shawls, many small flowers in one, uh, sometimes almost dinner sized plate head, but more often uh, a butter plate sized head. And uh, little flowers, but the little flowers themselves are kind of tough and waxy, and that waxy uh, includes a palmitic acid, some free fatty acids, and that wax ha- also attracts and homes wild yeast. And that's why we can make elderflower champagne, because those flowers have a special characteristic, unlike most other flowers. Hops also is uh, a plant with flowers that are kind of stiff and waxy, and they actually have a resin that allows them to hold on to yeast from the air. I just read a a kind of interesting note uh, today that with the great interest in uh, IPAs, India Pale Ales, which are very hoppy beers the hop supply in the United States is being pressed to its absolute limit and there's some worry that we will soon run out of hops from last year and this year's crop is not ready to be harvested yet and um, IPA makers beer makers and farmers are uh, getting together to uh, start up new hops farms I was telling my class at magical plants this weekend that when I first started uh, being interested in plants and interested enough to want to grow a hop vine, you had to buy a license to grow hops, and it was a million dollars to grow hops. And they, they looked perplexed, and I said, well, because it's in a family. That includes a plant that is illegal in some states. And because of that, you could take this illegal in some states plant and graft a hop vine onto the root of it and then grow hops that actually has uh, yet another Uh, resin, a fatty substance in it, tetrahydrocannabinol. So I'm not saying that hops has that, but that simply you can grow the plant in such a way that you can get it to have it. And so hops has some interesting fatty acids, and so do elderflowers. The books that I originally read as an herbalist led me to believe that drying elderflowers and making elderflower tea would be the best way to use the flowers. But I found that very difficult to do. The flower heads fall apart very easily, and they don't dry easily at all. The beautiful white flowers often turn very brown when they're drying, probably because of the yeast that's on them that is causing some local fermentation. And so after years of struggling to dry the elder blossoms, I finally just gave up on it and began to tincture them. And I've always been very happy with tincture of the elder blossoms. I've only had to make it a few times because it's not something that I use over and over again. I generally use tincture of elder blossoms to help deal with fevers. Now, most of the time, if I'm running a fever, or someone's running a fever, that's good. We want to be running that fever. The reason our body runs a fever, the reason our body gets hot, is because the many... Um, dangerous bacteria, and most viruses are actually killed at temperatures over 100 degrees. So if there's some foreign invader in your body, and your body says, ha, 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 we'll smoke them out, we'll burn them out, and ratchets up a fever, and you run in a fever of 101, that's getting rid of all of those things that would harm you. So we want to let that fever work its way out. But if you're very old or very young and the fever is higher, higher, hundred and three hundred and four hundred and five, then we're talking dangerously high temperatures, then we want to have something that can bring that fever down. And elder does it. It does it quickly. It does it promptly. Elderflower, tea or elderflower, tincture. My favorite story about my granddaughter is my daughter waking up and feeling her daughter, next to her, burning up with heat, turning over, shaking her husband and saying, go outside, the moon is full, the elder is blooming, get uh, two heads of elder blossoms and put them in a teacup and pour boiling water over it and bring it back to me. And uh, he did indeed do that very thing, and she waited until it cooled and then gave it bit by bit to her daughter, my granddaughter, to ease her very, very high fever. She could feel her burning, burning up in her arms. The tincture also preserves and keeps the wonderful smell of the elder flowers, which I've just never been able to keep in drying them. So, wow, tea of the fresh elder blossoms, that's certainly the way to go. And on the moon, uh, when the moon is full, well, that's certainly the way to go, too. And there's a lot of lore and belief that if you sleep under a elder tree in full bloom on summer solstice, when the moon is full, then you will be transported to the fairy realm. Underneath that elder tree, looking up into the white of the moon, through the white of the flowers, you could indeed think that fairies are above you dancing as the light flickers through the many-fingered leaves of the elder the full moonlight flickering across your eyelids and your face, you could indeed very easily believe that you have been transported to fairyland. As you take in the yeasty, sweet, amazing, deeply soporific smell of the elder flowers, you might very well fall asleep and have a dream of the fairies. Let's see what they're finding here. They are finding that elderberries um, have been shown through their studies to increase bronchial secretion. They also find that it does indeed increase perspiration, but they cannot find a mechanism for increasing perspiration. The Commission E of Germany, which is kind of the official medical commission set in place to decide which herbs were safe and how they could be used, says that elderberry should be used for cough, bronchitis, fever, or cold. It is especially to be thought of as a sweat-producing remedy for anyone who has a cold in which they have a fever with that cold. Let's take it a little bit further. In Chinese medicine, we're encouraged to think about colds as either overheating colds or overcooling colds. And overcooling colds could be said to be being, to being moving too fast, and so we wouldn't want to use a remedy from a wet place like Elder. But an overheating cold needs more movement, and so a remedy like Elder would be excellent for someone with a cold, with a fever, so long as they are overheating. There are, in fact, fevers that are accompanied by chills. So that small distinction that we can make from the viewpoint of Chinese medicine as to not just the fever, but is this a fever where the person is overheating? Elder is well known to be a cooling, flowing remedy, and we can certainly see that where it grows, the daffled light it grows in, the wet that's always around it. In folk medicine, elder flowers are used as a tea against cold and any fever. Elder is also used as a gargle and a mouthwash anytime there is a problem with cough, head cold, laryngitis, flu, even shortness of breath. Elder can be used by nursing mothers to increase their lactation. Externally, herbal pillows made from elder flowers are used to counter swelling and inflammation. That's one of the things that we were doing at the Magical Plants workshop this weekend was making dream pillows, filling our dream pillows with hops or cronewort, lavender, roses, oregano, a variety of herbs that we could use i had not thought to make elderflowers available for um, people to use in their pillows and we were talking about the many uses of the dream pillows that they are not only good for dreams but that they can be heated or cooled and used in a variety of ways so how interesting to uh um uh, following right in the heels of that have a a book saying use an herbal pillow made from elder flowers. I suspect you might want to put something else in there, like some rice or some flaxseed, because elder flowers are very, very light, and I think you want a little bit of heaviness in your pillow. No health hazards or side effects have been found in conjunction with using elder flowers or elder berries. It says it's very important to store elder where it can be Protected from light and moisture. And this means not in a glass jar, but in some kind of covered container like a tea tin or even in a brown paper bag. That's absolutely fine to do. There are also studies working with elderberries and showing that taking elderberries, which we talked about last week, we talked about using elderberry rob in terms of coughs and and cold, so things we're talking about this week as well, but focusing in a little more on the flowers this week. And we were talking about how those elderberries have been shown to actually stop flu, that if we use a tincture of elderberries or if we make any kind of preparation from elderberries, that we can find ourselves using that preventatively to help cut down on the times that we get flu, but also as a way to um, help run the flu out of town, as it were, once we have the flu. And again, thinking about what it does, the flu is often accompanied by that fever, which Elder is well-suited to deal with. In fact, what we find is that the Elder flower has a direct effect on the fever control mechanism of the brain. Hmm. Many times the herbs that we use to reduce fever are called sudorific herbs or diaphoretic herbs. A sudorific herb makes us hotter. And because it makes us hotter, we sweat. A diaphoretic herb opens the pores. And brings on a sweat without necessarily making us hotter. So, again, we're looking at Elder as a cooling remedy. It's not a sudorific, it's a diaphoretic. It causes diaphoresis, it causes the opening of a, the, <clears throat> the pores. Now, there's something very interesting about that, again, that I was reading today, and it was in an article about the inventions that are going to change the way we do things. And a uh, young woman, was very interested in um, making it safer and easier for vaccinations to be given to children. And she, like myself, and actually a fair number of other people, doesn't like needles. And so she looked for a way to get vaccines into circulation in the body through the skin. Now, the skin is a permeable layer, but it's not that permeable. The skin does not like to let things in, and I've been told by many herbal teachers that there are some plants that have molecules small enough to pass in through the pores of the skin, and there are others that the molecules are simply too big to get in, like wild yam. I have many teachers tell me that wild yam cream, it, it, nothing is ever going to happen because the molecule um, that is active in the wild yam is simply too big to fit through the skin, and this was the problem that this young woman ran up against, that the molecules she wanted in were too big. And she found that if she used a certain agent that could make the skin change its relationship to water, that the pores would indeed open up and accept larger-sized molecules. So I'm quite curious about how she's doing that, what's going to be the end result of that. But it also makes me think about the herbal lore in which people used various ways of not just poulticing, but but getting the herb in through the skin. You know, I've said that herbal medicine runs in an arc from naked people rolling in the herbs to a white-coated lab technician making a drug from an herb. And that herbal medicine is all of this. It's not just one aspect of that. We shouldn't think that herbs are benign. They can certainly be turned into drugs. On the other hand, we shouldn't think that drugs are herbs. So this idea of rolling in the herbs, many people think that I'm being kind of metaphorical, but actually I'm being quite liberal. There is indeed dermal absorption of herbs, and we're looking at something that's quite likely here with elder perhaps the idea of visiting fairyland when we sleep under an elder tree that's in bloom at summer solstice has a little more fact to it than we might at first glance think about perhaps that elder, sleeping under that elder because the flowers do fall and there will be flowers under it. And on our bare skin is actually opening us up. Opening us up to the wonder and the mystery of all of the green blessings that are around us. I'm sure that I've left out at least a thing or two about elder. And so we're going to resume next week which is probably going to be our last week on the Trees of the Thirteen Moons, to talk yet one more time about Elder, the wise, old woman, the Tree of the Thirteenth Moon. And I want to let listeners know that it's back to school time and lots of people at the workshops this weekend because it's back to school and there's going to be still more workshops here at the wise Woman center near woodstock new york now we're going to be digging roots in october and we're going to be welcoming winter and getting ready for winter i'm also going to be going up to Rowe camp and conference center up in massachusetts uh, one of the most wonderful places that i teach on a regular basis if you've been to Road Camp and Conference Center, I don't have to tell you what a magical place it is. If you haven't, it is worth a visit. And I'm going to be doing a really amazing workshop. Uh, they asked me if I could talk about all of the things that could be set us as we age and give some simple ways to stay strong and healthy. So we're going to talk about preventing heart disease and preventing cancer and preventing dementia and preventing osteoporosis and, in general, uh, becoming excitingly, amazingly, and stunningly old and giving up on the quest for youth, but knowing that we can move into our 70s, 80s, and even our 90s in tip-top shape and real good health. So thank you. Thank you so much for giving me this space where I can talk. Thanks for helping me to reweave the healing cloak of the ancient century store, herbal medicine as people's medicine. Green blessings are everywhere.
0: All right, thank you so much, Susan and Kevin. If you're still there, I have control, so I will take over the board. And thank you again, Susan. Green blessings to you, and look forward to seeing you next week, as we might be next finishing.
3: Week. Yeah, we might finishing be finishing. the Threes of the 13 Moons? Oh, my goodness. Threes so of the 13 <laughs> <Did> <laughs> they You not want to start
0: another series.
3: <laughs> we will indeed.
0: All right, well, thank you so much, and have a great evening everyone out there. You've been listening yeah. to Green Me- Medicine, a uh, show on the Main Street Universe radio network with your host, Ms. Susan Weed. Have a great evening.
1: Forbidden Archaeology, Forgotten History, Divination, Magic, Cryptozoology, UFOs, Nature, Science, and Spirit. All this and more, right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. I sleep.